Islamin. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullah wa barakatuhu. Psychologists talk about the influence of genetics and the influence of environment. And all of us live in some kind of an environment, and that environment has some kind of influence on us. Uh, when they say environment, they're not talking about the temperature. They're talking about uh, the parent, the parental uh, units and their influence on us and uh, the cultural uh, biases and those influences on us. So each of us are born into some sort of culture. Uh, we're born to a set of parents. Uh, we go to certain schools. We have all of this input that is constantly thrown at us from the time uh, that we're babies. Uh, and we have to deal with it. In other words, we are constantly in the midst of circumstances. One kind of another or another, but we're constantly in the midst of circumstances. And we have to somehow react to these circumstances in order to go on with our daily uh, existence in this world. The interesting thing about circumstances is they can be real or imaginary. Uh, we can create circumstances for us that have nothing to do with the intention of uh, the people around us. We just imagine them. Some people call this the inability to communicate appropriately. But we've also been taught that this life is an illusion and that only Allah is real. So here we are in the midst of all kinds of circumstances, some real, some imagined, yet we're told in our belief system that even the ones that are real are in fact imagined. So it puts us in a sort of dilemma as to how to react to things <clears throat> and how to find an equilibrium in our being. First and foremost is to be grounded in the understanding that circumstances should not affect our being. Interesting concept. Circumstances should not affect our being. So as we go through life, as we go through this existence, the things that we go through are secondary or tertiary to the basis of our real understanding that this path is illusory, is temporary, 
And there's something greater that is reality other than our circumstances. We need to be in a place that is beyond circumstances. We somehow have to elevate our being to where we react to things different than the things that react to us in this world as we see them. Imagine if the only things we reacted to were the worldly influences in our life. We react to what happens at our job. Uh, we react uh, to what happens in politics. We react to what we see on the television. We react to what happens on the street. Well, when is there time for our reaction to reality? How do we separate our life so that there is reaction to our circumstances and reaction to our reality? If the eye is an illusion and only God is real, what does it mean as to the circumstances that the eye is involved in? What does it mean about the things we walk through in our existence? And how do we plan an attitude towards those things? If we can get a grasp of understanding the dilemma that we're in, of dealing with the world, yet not believing in it simultaneously, then we're on our way to becoming a true human being. But if we can't do that, if the circumstances in our existence become our existence, then we have created a veil, a door, a wall to what's true that we can't get through. Why? Because we've taken our circumstances as our life. We've taken that which we are involved with in this temporary world as our reality. And we've given all our effort, all our passion to that. How do we shift from that paradigm into a paradigm where we handle that and simultaneously don't believe in it? Well, that happens with our ability to stop the influence of our mind on our own being. Our mind deals with the world. It doesn't deal with Allah. Our mind is driven by desire and driven by need for things and the ability to accomplish things. Our mind, in a very real way, is connected to our nefs, our lower self. And that's what drives what the mind does. The heart, on the other hand, is disconnected from that. It's driven by a totally other sense of reasoning. It's driven by love and by awe. Awe of our Creator and love of his creation. So what we need to be able to do as we deal with our ordinary circumstances on an everyday level is shift from 
attachment to circumstances to attachment to awe and love. Now, what does awe do for us? What does love do for us? It changes the way that we think about things. When you love, your attitude is different. For instance, if someone were to drop a load of crap into your hands, you would be very upset. But if you're changing a baby, you're not upset at all. Why? Because all of a sudden, love is involved and you see this in an entirely different way. So, we need to go through our life in this world seeing babies all the time. Seeing that newborn innocence all the time. In everything that we do. In everything that we encounter. Because when we're involved with that kind of attitude, with that kind of attachment, we become different. And then all of a sudden, our circumstances no longer control us. The smile of a baby can take us away from our circumstances and put us in another place. Well, the awe that we can engender towards our Lord takes us out of our circumstances and puts us in a different place. Awe can stun the mind. Now think about that. If your mind is constantly working, if your mind is constantly telling you, you need this, you have to do this, this is important, uh, and things of that nature, how do you stop it? Well, you can't stop it, but you can stun it. And what stuns it? Awe stuns it. When you realize the limited nature of your circumstances and the great amount of attention you pay to them and the overwhelming nature of our Lord and the praise and awe that's due to him, the comparison shocks the mind into not having as much influence on you any longer because it doesn't know how to react to that. It doesn't know how to interreact with that. So all of a sudden, as it's stunned, your heart can function. And that purity that is within the heart can begin to function. And when that functions, we become different. Because now we're functioning from another place. We're not functioning from the egocentric world of the self. We're functioning from the place of love. And love in its reality is not about things. Love is a quality in the same way that compassion and mercy are qualities. And love is a quality that isn't given in particular instances to particular beings. It's not like romantic love. Romantic love is a very limited nature that's very connected to lust. And it has 
a lot to do with egocentric needs as opposed to being a bomb, a soothing, a bandage for everything, which is what love is. Um, we love things for different reasons. Many of those reasons have to do with our own needs. We love things that give things to us. We love things that do things for us. We love people who help us accomplish the things that we want. But do we have the kind of love that Allah has, which is for everything in his creation? Does Allah choose among his children? Do we choose among our children? Well, we certainly seem to choose among the inhabitants of the world, and our love is limited to the ones that we choose to limit it to. And <clears throat> we also have a love of things, because they give us a certain status, and they make us feel a certain way. But these things are inanimate. They have no reality to them. They're elemental. And our love of the elemental is very similar to creating an idol. What is an idol made of? It's made of the elements. And then we love it. Why? Because we think it can do something for us. Well, the person who pays $9 million for a Picasso and hangs it in his living room thinks that that $9 million is well spent because that Picasso does something for him. And it may be just the fact that people walk into his living room and say, my God, he can afford a Picasso, and that makes him feel good. Now, we need to make that jump out of the elemental into the divine. And we need to figure out what it is we have to do for that jump to be made. And one of the critical understandings in making that jump is that our circumstances don't control us. Our circumstances are not who we are. Whether we are the king of a nation or a beggar with two cents, Allah's attitude towards us is no different. And what he wants from us is no different. Allah wants the same thing from each of us. Everything. No matter what our circumstances are, he wants everything. And if you think it's easier for the beggar to give up his two cents than for the king to give up his kingdom, you're mistaken. Everybody holds on to what they have and what they love in a worldly way with the same passion. Now, either they've learned to give up that worldly love or they haven't. And if they've learned to give it up, they can make a great king and they can make a great beggar. If they haven't learned to give it up, they're going to be a lousy king and they're going to be a lousy beggar because their, their attachment is to the things. It's not to reality. 
and as long as your attachment is to things and not to reality. Again, we create a wall, we create a veil, we lock the door to understanding the truth. As we read scripture, as we read the stories of the wise and holy men, we have to read them with the understanding that all of these things are put in front of us to make us understand the truth about our relationship to Allah and to take all of our circumstances out of the way of that relationship. Our circumstances interfere with our relationship with Allah. If we're too busy with things, we don't have time for our Lord. If we're too involved with things, we don't have time for our Lord. If we're too in love with things, we don't have time for our Lord. Now that does not mean that you can't be involved with things. It's a question of attachment. We live in this world and we have to act in this world, and we have duties in this world, and we have families in this world, and we have obligations in this world, and we have things we have to take care of in this world, and we have to do all of those. But we need to be an aluminum spoon as opposed to a wooden spoon. When the wooden spoon stirs the pot, the soup, everything in the soup goes into the spoon. And the spoon takes on all the characteristics of the soup. An aluminum spoon stirs without being involved in the circumstances of the soup. We need to be able to act out our play in this world without being involved in the circumstances of the soup. We need to elevate ourselves above that. We need to know how to be able to do our duty, do what we're supposed to do, and yet keep our focus on the prize. And what is the prize? The prize is our Lord and the qualities of our Lord and our ability to enter into that place which we call reality, where the eye disappears and the truth becomes visible to us. We can't let the world impede us from this goal. And we have to create a mindset that doesn't allow the world to impede us from that goal. If every time things within our circumstances become difficult and we become hysterical, where are we going as far as our focus on the truth, as far as our focus on reality? Well, we have to answer that question for ourselves. So we have to stay calm, we have to stay peaceful, we have to stay focused, and we have to handle what's given to us. And we have to do it without fear, without trepidation, without overreaction. We have to become the one in the eye of the storm. The storm rotates around us, but in the midst there is this calm place, and we sit on a pillow in this calm place doing what we have to do.
this time in this world will end. It will end for each of us, no matter what our circumstances are. All circumstances culminate in the same place. We need to realize that. And when we realize that, the things that hold us from reality, like jealousy, like arrogance, like anger, will begin to dissipate. Allah's justice is without blemish. We should not worry about how he imposes his justice. The only problem with Allah's justice is our inability to understand it. So what we need to do is live peacefully within our circumstances. Live within gratitude within our circumstances. Live without animosity in our circumstances. We need to change from the qualities that are not Allah's to the qualities that are and create a sanctuary of peace for ourselves and all of those near us. May Allah show us the way to do this. May he bring us to that place of sanctuary where calmness and peace pervade and where the doors and the veils and the walls to reality are opened, torn, and pushed away so that our life enters and sees that which, it ha which is meant for us. Amin. Amin. Ya Rabbil Alameen. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.